All right, Ben. Second floor sports. We're taping this a day late on Tuesday, September 22nd. I don't know what yeah, happened Matias to got, me. Matias got hit by a bus yesterday, actually. That's kind of like he, – he put up the book <laughs> like he was like kind of sick. No, he got hit by a bus, actually, is what happened. That's the official story. With That's what we're rolling with, at least. I, To my knowledge, I didn't get hit by a bus. I felt like I got hit by a bus. I was – I was fine on Saturday night. Um, I was working down in Jersey Shore for the weekend. Um, and I, like, Saturday I was okay. And it was cold. Like, I, I called two games on Saturday. But I had a sweatshirt. I was in shorts. It was fine. It was, like, 65 degrees. And then I woke up Sunday morning, and my throat was killing me. And I couldn't talk. And then I had to talk for, like, two and a half hours. Yep. Um, <laughs> But, it, was not, it was pretty funny, honestly. When you Facetime me, you you texted me and you were like, oh, "I'm feeling too hot. Like I can't tell if I sound awful or like what the deal is." Like when I Facetime you and we'll see what you what, what you think. Kid sounded like trash. Like actually, it yeah. was was not good. Well, I don't think I sound too great now, but at That's least a like, lot better than you did yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I was very congested. Um, just, just forgive watching, us for the for the delay. We we just want to make sure we're putting out the best content to you guys. Yeah, of course. Uh, second floor sports on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Apple Pod, uh, not Apple Podcast yet. Still waiting for the approval. Yeah, actually, Spotify Podcast. I thought we were on Apple Podcasts through Anchor. No, nope. not yet. We're on Anchor. We're on, uh, we're on now Google Podcasts. Just got approved for that. And we're on Spotify. So wherever you get that, and we will keep you posted when we get on Apple Podcasts and waiting for the confirmation. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Ben, let's start off with – Oh, my God, disappointing. Man. Your disappointing end to your fantasy matchup. There's just matchup. nothing – is that really what we're starting with? <laughs> yeah, I All just right. wanted I mean, to rub it in. Well, if we if we want to talk about a fantasy matchup to rub in, let's uh, oh, let's, let's talk about where I actually beat you in fantasy this week. So yeah, okay. So Ben and I are in two leagues together. <laughs> one of them, See, one of them, you, neither I, of us. I can't believe I really can't believe you went there. Like that's such a that's such a dangerous road to go down. When I literally beat you in one of our leagues this week, I don't know, but the league that really matters, the one. Okay, is yeah, the, the main league. The main league. I was up like twenty. Four or something like that. Uh, I had the Saints defense going. The kid we were playing, friend of the podcast, Jake Glennon, was going with. You got a lot of friends in the podcast. I we do. We're a big podcast. It's like what we called. It's like what we called Asmin, uh, friend of the podcast. He's like, yeah, I've never ex- been on the podcast. Can I be a friend? Like, yeah, okay, sure. Well, no one's ever been on the podcast <laughs> other than Asmin, Frank Rossi, and Rob Parker. That's a hell of a trio, honestly. Yeah, honestly, really setting us up. Uh, yeah, setting basically, up for I needed to avoid on Monday Night Football. I needed to avoid a big Darren Waller game. And for a while, I, we got it, I got into the second half still leading. And so I was mm-hmm. cautious. I don't even know. I was optimistic. I was, like, very, very nervous, but I was still winning. And then I went down a point. But then the Saints fumble recovery put me back up a point. Mm-hmm. And then Darren Waller caught another, like, five or six passes, and I lost. Well, I think, I think the one that killed you was his touchdown, where just, he, he went completely uncovered on fourth and one. Well, that actually um, did – that's actually not what killed me. I was still winning after that. I, I knew well, – I, I think – any touchdown from Waller, yeah. and I was in the danger zone. But yeah, so, so be it. So um, be it. I beat you in the in our dynasty league, which is kind of fun. Speaking of, speaking of, speaking of danger zone. Um, fuck week two, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there's no real. other way around <laughs> it. Like, I, I the the game that I did on Sunday, so I didn't get to catch the one o'clock games. Um, and I I turned my phone on and like I checked it after my game had ended. And I just saw like Christian McCaffrey carted off, Joey Bosa carted off, um, Saquon, Saquon. tours ACL. Like, 
like, man, I've seen I uh, like the past five years as a Giants fan have been dark, like dark, depressing, dark, yeah. bad. I don't. I can't remember a worse day as a Giants fan than this past Sunday. In all honesty, I was talking to my dad about this. I was talking with friends of the pod, uh, Strat and John, about this. Two of the Giants, my Giants fan friends. I mean, like the Giants have had some really bad moments in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Like this past Sunday, really might have been like a franchise-altering day. Yeah, an ACL I mean, injury is not the death sentence for your career that it used to be. No. Absolutely not. But it's not good <laughs> by yeah. any stretch of the scenario. It is not good. Look, if anyone's going to come back stronger from an ACL injury, it's going to be Saquon Barkley. I mean, the guy is a physical freak. I'm, mm-hmm. I was watching the game with Stratton, and we were joking, and he he like limped off the field a couple, literally like three or four snaps before, mm-hmm. and we all like hearts in our chest, like, oh my god, Saquon's hurt. Kind of like stood on the sideline, got his Gatorade, and literally almost at the same time, I think John and I were both like. Uh, he's just got to regenerate. He's a, he's like a he's like a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a cyborg. That's the word. He's got he's just got to plug himself back in. It's not even a plug. He just needs to like just catch his breath a little bit and like let the tissue re. Oh, do you think he had, do you think you have like solar panels that he just like gets all his energy? I don't think it's or? solar panels. I think he's just like a he's a cyborg. I don't think he's fully human. Okay. Oh, we just got a trade. Oh, that's John's hometown league. Never mind. I thought we just got a trade alert in uh, our main fantasy league. Well, I I. Because you just mentioned trade, I don't want to talk about a league that, you know, only I'm in. Uh, there's another league I'm in. Uh, he says, a friend of mine, he's going to start talking about a league that only. No, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to talk about it too much. A friend of mine drafted Patrick Mahomes, 10th overall. Bold move to start with. Wow. Um, and then just traded him this morning for Cam Newton. I feel like he. I feel like I have to Is share this it. Just league so of he, like seventh graders? What's the deal here? Uh, yeah, what's well, the league that let me get that uh, – well, I, I, you mentioned seventh graders, but when I when I posted my team that I drafted in our league on Twitter, um, our good friend Bo Benson, friend of the show, <laughs> friend of who the we show. work with. We no, work we can't with, call uh, Bo Benson a friend of the show. He's not a friend okay. of the pod. Okay, okay, he can great, work great guy, but like, yeah. is he even a friend of ours? <laughs> He's a friend of mine. Is he? We interact a lot on Twitter. Uh, well, anyway, we worked Bold with him at uh, for friendship. Yeah, we worked. Uh, we worked with him at uh, at Fox Sports Radio, um, and he asked if I had drafted with. Uh, with seventh graders but back to the how about important... we start talking about like yeah. anything on our rundown <laughs> um oh, i mean man. this is what happens when we about... do a show on mondays we get all over the yeah. place you talk about I, i'm riding high on my Sudafed right now so um <laughs> you talk you talk about oh, you know <laughs> shows all over the place <laughs> you talk about uh you know saquon and what a torn acl means for a player in 2020 and it's not a death sentence anymore but if you're going to compare it with a with a you know a, a defensive end in you know uh, in Nick Bosa tore his ACL and then Saquon who did, you, you'd rather have neither of your players tear it, but you'd rather it be I'm, a D end. I mean, you just I you could need not more of a more. I, you need more you of have, a jump. You need more of a cut. You need your knees more. I would think as a running back. Yeah. So why are you saying it's worse for Bosa? No, no I'm not saying it's worse for worse for Bosa. Oh, I'm saying I you'd rather. Saying- I was no, like, no, no. wait, wait, wait. Like, how on earth are you saying it's worse for a DM? No, no, no. no. Than a running no back I'm, I'm saying you'd rather have, you know, if you had to choose someone to get a torn ACL, you'd rather it be a DN than a running back. Yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah. That, because it might not be, you know, it's not going to be career ending probably for Saquon, but it could affect for the rest of his career, you know, his agility and his ability to make those quick cuts 
in the backfield. Right. And look, I'm just I'm just looking at Adrian Peterson's ACL tear where he yeah. came back less than a year later and led the NFL in rushing but, that first year back. But, I mean, that is like the gold standard. But I mean, we're talking we're talking about a truly a once in a generation physical specimen in Saquon Barkley. Like I would not I would just, bet against him in the slightest. That said, I, I don't just know be if careful. I would extend him at all. Yeah. I would just I would just be careful about the AP thing because when it happened, everyone was like, what the hell just happened? And even now, well, like five, six years ago, we're like, what the hell happened? Like that shouldn't have been a thing. And it's AP. You want to talk about like physical specimens? Adrian Peterson. I mean, I, Saquon is at that level, I'd say. But I mean, look, it, it, I'm just trying to like give myself like a little bit of hope. I drafted Saquon second overall in our main league too. So it's just like yeah. – the, the rest of the first half after Saquon tore his ACL, I'm sitting there and just like different waves of just deep depression. It's like, God, like the Giants, the Giants are so screwed. And I'm like, my fantasy team, my fantasy team is so screwed. It's just, oh, God. I knew and it it, didn't, it's just bad, man. It's just not as it, bad. Unfortunately, it didn't end with, uh, with Saquon. I mean, the injuries that we saw in week two are going to have a ripple throughout the whole season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to miss four to six weeks. Uh, we and with a high ankle sprain, like, it's, even when he's back, it's going to take him some time to get reacclimated. Yeah. Uh, Nick Bosa done for the season with the tour ACL. Cortland Sutton done for the season. Drew yeah. Locke, like you said. I'm, for a team in the Broncos, that was kind of picked as, like, a, a popular – not even, like, a sleeper to yeah. win the division, but just, like, a team They're that done. was bad last year and was, like, kind of expected to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, back, right back to the basement for them. Yeah. So that offense well, – that. I mean, obviously, I, I literally, I'm like so used to saying like the Broncos offense looks scary as if Cortland Sutton didn't just tear his ACL. I mean, Jerry Judy looks like an absolute monster. Oh. Uh-huh. I mean, if I mean, it was Drew Locke, it was an AC joint, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It was an AC joint Four in weeks. his throwing shoulder, though. So it's like. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, you know, when is he able to throw again is one question. Yeah. But when is he able to like throw at like with comfortably enough throw comfortably throw and to make like the type uh-huh. of throws that are, that are required of you as an NFL quarterback? I mean, that's going to be a minute for uh-huh. them. And you got to think, you got to think too with Drew Locke. I mean, look, he's young and he's your future as of right now at quarterback. Elway loves him. If you don't have your top receiver in Cortland Sutton there, you're already missing Von Miller for the season. And Bradley Chubb isn't at his full 100% because they're working him back. You know, how, how much do you really try to win? I mean, they're signing Blake Bortles. So they clearly they don't, I saw that. They, they don't really want to win right now. If well, at this point, Blake. I mean, there's no point, especially with Cortland Sutton now, there's no point in rushing Drew Locke back. Like, let yeah. him take as much time as he needs to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to say you just punt on the season, but like, you almost, you almost want to punt on the season. <laughs> uh, going, through the list, uh, going through the list of just more people that got injured. Uh, Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. I think they said four Jim weeks. Um, Tyrod like, Taylor. Expected to play through it. Yeah. I haven't seen. I mean, that scares me a little bit if you're the, if I'm a Niners fan. Yeah. Honestly, like you, that's the type of thing you really don't want to play around with. I guess if you're the Niners, you're thinking like, you know, the NFC West is back to being ultra competitive. You really can't afford to like kind of slow play this one. You've got to, yep. you've got to get him out there. Is it, do you remember if it's his left or his right ankle? I don't remember. I get, um, I, well, would you rather it be your plant ankle or like your lead ankle? Your plant, rather be your I'd rather lead. it be your lead. Yeah. You don't want to be like driving off a bad angle, but yeah, you, that, that's a recipe for disaster, disaster there. You're putting your whole weight on it as you're like, you know, pushing forward, um, especially for a quarterback that can't run like Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you know, he's not going to kill you in the pocket. You saw that last year. It's a run first team. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of being a run first team, Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert got hurt. 
Um, Tevin First Coleman play got hurt. 80 yard touchdown for Mostler. It gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's rough. All right. Uh, Tevin Coleman got hurt. Like actual football here, though. I mean, we yeah, yeah. run over an injury list. This is not the injury podcast, though. This is the second floor sport. This is. I, uh, we should bring in uh, one of our official doctors of the show. Friend of the pod. A lot of friends of the pod. Um, <laughs> before we move on, just a couple of real quick um, injuries in the backfield for, uh, for the Ravens. Tavon Young, it could be huge. I mean, he missed all of last season. Um, Anthony Barr got hurt for the Vikings. They suck. Um, I can't believe I picked them to win the NFC North. Um, like terrible. Uh, Solomon Thomas got hurt for the 49ers too. Also I mean, ACL. I think it's nine of 11 starters last season for the Niners in their Super Bowl are either hurt or no longer on the team, which is like, that's pretty yikes. nuts. Yikes. All right. I'm done talking injuries. Let's talk a little actual football. football. Sunday night, man. Seahawks Pats. That was a much better game than I was expecting, at least in terms of, like, competitiveness, but just in terms of, like, quality of football. I kind of expected it to be, like, kind of ugly, like, defensive, like, slugfest, honestly. It was a shootout. I – you know, I mean, the the Pats defense got burned all game long. Um, I don't know if you you, you put – Stephon Gilmore gave up his highest pass rating against DK Metcalf. I think it was, like, it's the highest pass rating he's allowed since, like, week 10 of last season, Uh I think, which is probably – he gave up one touchdown, I think, all last season. Um, and no, because you know, there was the one deep shot to John Brown where he got toasted, which was pretty yeah. funny to watch. I think he gave up two or three last year, but yeah, I mean, he was defensive player of the year. Like, he, yeah. however many touchdowns he gave up is a moot point. He was a monster. Yeah, last year. Um, uh, yeah I, I agree with you. I thought you know it could be. I thought it would be a competitive first half, and then the Seahawks would just run away with it, and that's what it was looking like. For a while, um, it was Seahawks minus four. I thought easily they would cover. Um, but I mean, Cam Newton throws that interception um, on a bad pass, um, and he just responds really well after that. I mean, like you know, I was really impressed because we had talked last week about you know Cam ran it a lot. Fifteen of his runs, fourteen of them ended on a hit. How sustainable is this offense? I said but that's it wasn't the Cam. That's the Cam Newton we've always seen. Like we, yeah. Last week we were talking about Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, don't get hit. Yeah. Cam Newton is going to get hit. He's not, he's not a make you miss type of guy anymore. He used to be, which was kind of the terrifying thing about a young Cam, like MVP Cam Newton didn't get hit. Yeah. Like, yeah, you talked about, you know, we talked about how it was at this point in his career with the injury history he has, it was probably unsustainable for him to take that many hits. If he took it against the Dolphins, you know, you don't want to do it against the Seahawks and someone like the thing you got to remember though. And I think it did well. It's tough for us to kind of to properly understand like how the impact that not just the physical impact but the mental impact that taking all these hits kind of accumulates on a quarterback in their mind state. Mm-hmm. He's been at, basically has not played a snap in two years. Yeah, like I don't know how I much played time a, I, he played a little bit in the beginning of last season. It's like two games. Yeah, Less essentially has not pl- essentially has not played in two years. Yeah, has had the better part of two years off and is now back. I wonder if he's kind of like he's in that. He's refreshed and he's more just prepared to take those type of hits. Because Cam Newton, his last full year as a starter, he was playing hurt the entire yeah. season. His foot, his throwing shoulder, he was not anywhere close to 100%. I don't think he's anywhere close to like 75%. And so that leaves such a bad taste in our mouths as just football fans. It's like, oh, Cam Newton's washed. He doesn't have it anymore. Playing it less than 100% in the NFL is a really dang- is a very tough ask of anyone, mm-hmm. especially at the quarterback position, especially for a guy with a whose game is predicated on like physicality and his athletic gifts. Yeah. And then you take Cam Newton two years out of the league, basically 
and you put him in a situation in New England, and there's, Belichick is so good at putting players in a position to succeed and maximizing their strengths. You know, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's season's still young. Cam Newton looks like he might be the steal of the offseason. I mean, is it too much to say he's playing like a top seven quarterback in the league right now? I mean, through two no, weeks, I, given, but I mean, he is. He is. I mean, and the big thing for me was we knew what he could do on the ground, right? He had two touchdowns, about 50 yards of hair under it. Um, but I mean, especially that long ball to Julian Edelman, like that was on the money. He he looked really sharp in the pocket. And that was always, you know, since he hurt that shoulder the first time. And, you know, you talked about how, you know, he played at 75%. We need to keep if reminding I, I ourselves. Mean, we need to keep reminding ourselves that the Panthers absolutely blew it with everything they had on that team. They missed, they mismanaged him. They mismanaged their entire roster. Mismanaged him, but it's like, when you've got a guy like Cam Newton, part of what he does well is run the ball physically as a quarterback. And it's like, you can say you mismanaged him because he got hurt. And like, again, hindsight's 20-20, but it's like, are you really not going to run the ball with Cam Newton if you've got that weapon? Football is a violent game. Like All I'm saying is watch the SB Nation collapse. I I love love, collapse. I haven't seen the Cam Newton one. I love those because, you know, I always go back. I like watching, especially, you know, obviously I love watching the ones that like, I know what happened and I remember it, but I like watching, I like watching, especially the ones I I, I like watching the ones where I remember everything because you're like, Oh, I forgot watching the next one. The next one. Right. That was like, I I was going to say it's painful. It wasn't painful. It was nothing I didn't know, but it was just interesting (laughs) to like, yeah, put it all in a map. Look at why the Knicks have sucked my entire life. Well, I I just got to, Call your attention to the point Nolan is bringing up here. If Cam's top seven quarterback, what does that make Ryan Tannehill? Not top two. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tannehill is playing really well. But I, I would like to again remind my good friend Nolan that you guys won by three against the Jaguars. Again, don't know what you want to brag about there. Well, to be fair, Derek um, Henry's been underperforming this season. Yeah, that's not my problem, though. I mean, it is because I have him, on fa- I have him in fantasy. Um, but Cam looked really nice in the pocket. Uh, that one missed catch by Julian Edelman ended up being the difference for the Patriots. Well, let's, um, let's talk we're talking, we're talking about so objectively. Well, before we get into that last play, 400 yards and a touchdown for Cam Newton on 44 yeah. attempts, 68% completion. Mm-hmm. That's like that's MVP level Cam Newton. I yeah. don't think anyone was expecting that to be the case, especially for a New England team uh-huh. that figured to be kind of run heavy. Yeah, well – you know, it, it could still be run heavy. The problem is that Sony Michelle can't, you know, grab more than two yards to carry. Cam Newton is the run game for the Patriots. And we Absolutely. figured we figured the first couple of As weeks. As he should be, see, though. That's kind of what I was yeah. saying about him in Carolina. Like, are you not going to run the ball when you've got no, Cam Newton? I mean, like, why, why would you have Cam Newton and not run it? Um, exactly. You know, I, I, the main emphasis I thought was going to be kind of a more conservative um, kind of passing game from Cam Newton, but they responded. They were down 14 in the fourth, I think, at one point. They well, came that's, back. That's game script. I mean, they had, yeah. they had to move the ball. It's not like Cam Newton can't throw. I mean, yeah. I think this season, I'm fingers crossed, knock on wood, pray to whoever you want that Cam Newton stays fully healthy this season. Yeah. I think it's we're really all getting a treat in seeing like. a healthy Cam again. And he's a yeah. freak. Like, he's one of the most unique NFL players we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's again like, how the hell did any other team let Cam Newton go to the Patriots? Because as soon as that signing happened, like, you were like, no, I know. And you were like, you're like, okay, we don't know what Cam's going to look like. But the same way you talk about, you know, 
um, if there's one person that could recover from an injury like Saquon, right? There, if there's one team that could revive Cam Newton's career, right, and make him look like it's MVP also it's not like again. the Pats made some like ridiculous gamble on him. It was a very reasonable signing. The Pats yeah. had no answer at quarterback. It was like, all right, why not take a chance on Cam Newton for no money? Like, yeah, was it? A, it was. It looks like a very smart signing. I mean, if Cam gets hurt by week eight again, I absolutely hope he does not. But it's like mm-hmm. that is part of the risk with signing Cam Newton. I mean, yeah, he signed for less money than Nate Peter. Uh, Nate Peter. Nate Peter. I mean, yeah, should have gotten. He should have gotten more. And there is definitely some blame to be passed around to other NFL teams for not even taking a chance on him as like a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, let, let's talk about this last play of the game. Of course, yeah. Pat Seahawks goes down to the last play of the game at the one yard line, bringing back uh, all types of memories. Well, before before we get to that. There was a third and one that the Seahawks had. And if they had just run the ball and gotten the first down, they iced the game right there. And what does Pete Carroll decide to do? Decides to go deep. I mean, to be fair, (laughs) Russ, four of four, passing the ball more than 20 yards down the field, and all four of them were touchdowns. They had the shot, though. They had it. They literally had it. Run the ball. Hindsight's 2020, bro. You're you're talking all this noise about, like, oh, they should have done that. Like, yeah, hindsight's 2020. Russ couldn't miss literally could not miss couldn't miss you go for the game i like it i have no issue with that and the seahawks won either way let's talk about this last play of the game though i think you and i are kind of in kind of very much in disagreement here if i'm not mistaken i have i have absolutely no issue with the play call there from the Mm -hmm. pats that's the money cam newton goal line play it is i i like i i I don't disagree with you, but if you watch the game again, they had tried it twice already. And it, it didn't worked, work. But he didn't get touched both times. Yeah. He yeah. walked into the end zone. He no, when they no, when they went, when they were working out of the spread or they were working out of the gun, it wasn't working at times. Um, I don't like I don't like I don't hate the play call. I don't like the lack of options that are there. And if you watch it again, but it's not about Cam, options, it's about Cam bounces it, Cam bounces it outside. And he has a touchdown. He goes in crawling. So, um, look, I, again, I think that's if, what I'm you're, if you're if you're the Pats, you say, "All right, Cam Newton in coming to this game had 19 or no? Let's see, he had what three carries from the one in this game? Mm-hmm. So he had 17 goal line carries, and 14 of those were touchdowns. Yeah, that's what, I don't hate giving. Why him on the earth ball you give? No, I, if you're the Patriots, you say, "All right, we're getting 10 guys to block for Cam Newton for one yard with the game on the line." If you can't do it, you lo- like. If you can't do it, you can't do it. You've got to be able to get one yard there. And like you but said yourself, you if Cam Newton just bounces it outside, that's a touchdown. You had seen how well the the fullback leak had been, or you have Izzo on the end of the line there. That's what I'm saying. I don't hate the decision to run it with him. I don't like the lack of options that were there because but it's not about it's not about lack of options. The, the Patriots. It's always have, about lack of options. I mean, you we're getting how many pounds of man do you think the Patriots had blocking for Cam Newton right there? I mean, a lot, guys. and it clearly wasn't he brought enough. in their heavy set and brought in a fullback. It was enough. He had the touchdown if he bounced it outside. If anything, it's on Cam but Newton. But he didn't. Okay, well, okay but, but I, again, I don't – if you – there was so much empty space there, and you have two people that can catch a ball out there. I don't – again, I don't like – It's that, though. It's about you – can't, you can't block for Cam Newton for a yard. He's the best goal line threat the NFL has ever seen. You, I, I, have, no, I would Tom run Brady. that play another hundred times. Tom Brady. Funny. Tom Brady. Funny. Cam is the best goal line running back the NFL's ever seen. 6'5", 250. Like I think I think there you have another option. You have a run plot, uh, run pass option, or you have, you know, 
you know, multiple routes you can take there. I think if you're Cam, he's got and multiple you, routes you can take. He's got a ten man front blocking for him. He can take it whichever way he wants. I mean, after the game, to be fair, also Cam let's did give say, credit to the Seahawks. Like, yeah, I know, absolutely, they blew it up. And then yeah. I don't know if you, I saw a really interesting breakdown from Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, who's an ex offensive lineman, who was pointing out a really interesting play by Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, I think, or at least what this guy Schwartz was saying was that Bobby Wagner was probably supposed to go front side on that play. Mm-hmm. But to sneak it backside and it worked out because whatever that front side D lineman was for the Seahawks got into the backfield, blew it up. And then the, there was supposed to be a pulling guard clearing the way for Cam Newton to go to the left edge. Mm-hmm. The pulling guard had to stop because Bobby Wagner snuck it backside and was going to bring Cam Newton down otherwise. And I think that's a big reason why Cam couldn't get it. It was a great play by the Seahawks. But again, like if I'm no. New England, I run that play every single time from the one. And I think you get it more. Cam Newton now after the game, 16 goal line carries or 20 goal line carries, 16 touchdowns. Like, how can you argue with that? I still – You're hitting a touchdown I, on 80-plus percent of your plays here? I, th- I think we're still just – I think we're talking circles here. But I think if you have your fullback in line with you to the left, you have your tight end to the left, you'd see how the sneak uh, – the um, how the slip out works from someone you expect to be on the line and just blocking. I Look, the Pats ran the exact like same play earlier in the game and Cam Newton walked in. Yeah, and then they also ran the same exact play, and they had someone sneak out, and it was a wide open touchdown too, right? I have, what, I, I don't think all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, what do you expect? All I'm saying is, what do you expect to happen there? I don't think the, I think the Seahawks were bailing out on a run there. I think it's a wide open touchdown. But I think, I don't, I feel like that people are missing that point though. Like, I don't think New England was even trying to disguise the run. They were saying we've got ten guys to block for the best yeah. goal line back in the league, well, and that's why you pass it. That's why you pass it. Oh, it's not. Like, it's exactly you don't think, like the Pats O line is the strength of their team. You don't think they can get one yard with ten guys blocking for Cam Newton? Ten guys, literally all ten players blocking for with one the front guy. with the front like Seattle's. Seattle's run defense isn't that line. good anymore. Jamal Adams played really well. Adams is a safety. He's not a yeah, D lineman. I, I said their defensive front. Like yeah, but, it's and then you brought on a goal on a goal line. Everyone's on the front. Like Jamal Adams was on the I line. I don't think there's there's no issue with that. It's a perfect play call. Cam Newton hits that 16 times out of 20. If okay. I gave you those odds pregame and said, "All right, you've got one play," I can, here's here's a play that you can't look at it in a vacuum. You can't just look at it in a vacuum. I mean, it's not a vacuum. Look at the numbers. I think wait, when you 20. look at when you look at the 20 on that play, like you run that play every time. On the on the two point conversion earlier in the game, they had worked out of the spread. Cam was in the shotgun. Jamal Adams got to Cam. I think there's enough evidence there that you at least have more options. But if we want to move on to another game and you want to talk about bad play calling and just blown just blown opportunities. To a degree though. I mean Falcons Cowboys, like as much as I'd love to sit here and like bash the Falcons for choking this one away, like that game was over. No one recovers onside kicks anymore. That does not happen. We, we, we need to talk about what happened in the game before we even get there. I mean, we have to talk about the fact that the Falcons were up 20 with seven minutes to go, I think. And then up 15 um, with five to go. Like, I think they're the first team in NFL history to, I think, have like over 400 yards of offense or something like that, commit no turnovers, um, and – still lose like and like geez man work, like, if we if we can work backwards here the, like i said the game was over no one recovers onside's kicks and that onside's kick from 
Zerline? Yeah, I literally – Yeah, yeah, Zerline. Side note, I, like, somehow completely missed that Zerline signed with the Cowboys this offseason. I remember I was watching week one, and he came out for a field goal. I was like, excuse Greg me? the leg. Greg <laughs> the leg on the never, Cowboys? Football's hard enough to keep track of player movement, and then if you try to do it with kickers, like, it's impossible. Exactly. Like, Goskowski came out with the Titans, and I was like, oh, oh. And somehow still has his job. But anyways, back yeah. to this onside's kick. Like – for the first 80% of that ball's flight looked like it was going straight out of bounds. Atlanta gets it game over. Yeah. And then like, I don't know if they turned like the fans on, I don't know if they turned the magnets on, like they did something. And that ball just went, whoop. I like, I, I have no words. It was literally the perfect onside kick. Uh, uh, you know, was it lucky? Absolutely. But was it also perfect execution by Zerline? Yes. It was. Also oh, absolutely. Have- do we also have to talk about the fact that the Falcons were completely unprepared, right? Like there are not that many rules on an onside kick. You know, the kicking team has to wait 10 yards before they can try to recover it. The receiving team does not have to wait. And I get you want to, you want to stay back. You don't think it's going to go 10 yards. You want to watch it go. But you see enough Cowboys players there and – they're just watching and it's going towards the 10 yard line that it needs to like, you've got to jump on the ball. I, that's like, what I thought for the longest time. And then I was reading an article, I think last night or maybe yesterday after you bailed on the show, cause you got hit by a bus. If you're the, if you're the Falcons, like recovery, you're the Falcons onside's kick team, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at this ball, absolutely spinning in circles. That's still like five yards away from where it needs to be. It looks like it's just going to travel straight out of bounds. That's a real risky proposition to try to dive on that ball and pop it out. We, how many times have we seen, like, someone try to dive on a loose ball, a spinning ball like that, and it just pops out wherever, and then all of a sudden the Cowboys get the ball and you look like an idiot? Like, as or, easy as, easy as you it is to play the Falcons. 10 yards and you still look like an idiot, you know? Like, that's, the type of, that's literally a one-in-a-million type of play. That, that ball hooks exactly past the 10 and literally, like, lands in a spot that only a Cowboys player can dive on it. Like, as much as I want to – like bash the Falcons for choking this one away. Like everything had to go exactly perfectly right for the Cowboys to end up with that onside kick. And it did. And then the Cowboys still had to go and drive and get the game winning field goal. Yeah. Well, at that, at that point, as soon as the Cowboys recovered it, you're like, they're, they're going to I mean, win. Yeah. This. That's very- <laughs> with, with like, with like a minute and a half left, they were ready in field goal position for Greg, the leg, you know, I remind Gregory you. The Gregory, the uh, legery is his formal name. Gregory, the legery. Uh, I, look, uh, Okay, you don't want to bash Falcons. I do. Like, you don't know the rules. That reflects poorly on the players. That's absolutely bro. That is not the case. You're talking like that line gets me so frustrated. Like, you're what people on Twitter saying the Falcons weren't aware of the rules. Like, are you kidding me? You think NFL players don't know the rules of the game? Like, come on, come on. As soon as that ball, as soon as that ball is traveling more than seven yards. And it looks like it has a chance to stay in bounds. But it didn't you look like it had a chance to stay in bounds until it literally took a hard right. Like the ball was not going. Literally, at like at like the like to say the Falcons don't yards. know the rules is so like it's just after so seven dude, after seven eight yards like that ball was staying in. There's a difference between shitty execution and not knowing the rules. I think it was shitty execution. I don't think the Falcons are going out there not knowing the fucking rules of an onside kick. Like come on, these are NFL players I, we're talking about. This is not middle school football. I think that I think that's poor coaching, and from a coaching staff that we've seen, I think it's prepared poor coaching, poor execution. But since they didn't know the rules, like come on, dive on the fucking ball. You're telling me a group of NFL players don't know the rules? 
It's possible. No, Seen it's it before, not. They're in the but... NFL. You're telling me they don't know the fucking rules of an onside kick? Come on. Come on. It's they possible. know the rules. I don't no, know. No, it's not. Dude, I... No, it's not. If you, you and got I know it, the rules, you, you and I know how to go 10 yards. You're telling me the Falcons' hands team doesn't know how to go 10 yards? Come on. Apparently not if you're just going to stare at the ball for 10 seconds. Like... We went over this because the ball was spinning like a top. Watch it again and tell me after seven yards, it doesn't look like it's going to stay. Look, like poor coaching, like, poor execution. Absolutely. You can't tell me the Falcons didn't know the rules. I don't like, know. That's all, so, I know that's that, so all I know is that all I know is that in three weeks, if the Falcons don't have a winning record, Dan Quinn shouldn't have a job anymore. That's all. Also, having um, the fact that Julio Jones, of all people, just straight dropped oh, touchdown. That was brutal. Straight, like, yeah, brutal. it was thrown by Russell Gage or whoever they ran with the Wildcat there. But, like, that's a touchdown. It's Julio Jones. Brutal. Hit him in the hands. That's a touchdown. Beautiful, Every- beautiful flea flicker. Uh, it wasn't a flea flicker. It was on the Wildcat. No, it was a Wildcat. Right? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Russell Gage throwing it. Yeah, a like perfect that- throw. And, and I don't know if he took his eyes off of it because you can see, like, he has it in his hand and he's looking at it. And then last second just drops out of his it's, hands. It, like it, one, of, it, one of some of the most sure. If you're throwing that to like Matt Ryan on some Philly special type of play, you understand it. But like that's yeah, arguably the best wide receiver in the league dropping an easy touchdown. Oh, brutal. And there's just a million ways that a million things the Falcons had to do to lose this game, and they got basically all of them. Yeah. And give give a ton of credit um, to Dak Prescott, like 450 yeah, yards, yeah. four total touchdowns. Mm. That's MVP level production, if you ask me. Yeah. Am I saying I, I don't think Dak's going to win the MVP, but like that's mm-hmm. literally willing your team to a win right there. Yeah. I mean, their first like five possessions, they tried like two different fakes, fumbled the ball like three times. Like, ugh, gross. Right, it was a disaster um, of a start for Dallas. Three fumbles yeah. in the first quarter. Like, that's you don't expect to win that game at all. Yeah. Uh, the, Fal- the Falcons, we knew they didn't have good, you know, pass defense and they just got absolutely shredded zeke shredded them on the ground too we'll talk a lot a little bit about hot seats after um let's just rip through yeah let's just rip through a couple of different games uh ravens texans i don't have that much to say on it i mean the ravens it's just really another good. another game where justin tucker puts the ravens on his back oh. <laughs> um <laughs> i'm not gonna respond to that <laughs> no um, i mean it's I, a, a game where the I, Ravens show why they're Super Bowl favorites, both yeah. sides of the ball. And, like, it wasn't even – like, the thing that always impresses me about these, like, elite teams with elite expectations, like, everyone always expects them to win and it's going to look pretty and Lamar is going to be cutting people up and it's going to be, like, a perfect textbook game. This wasn't. The Ravens won an ugly no, game. But, like, that's what the best mm-hmm. teams do is they win games where it doesn't quite go the way they want it to. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think – there's a, I, there's a reason why I think the Ravens are, should be Super Bowl favorites this year. Like, there's just roster-wise and talent-wise, like, offense, defense, special teams, they do it on all three sides. I was going to say all three sides of the ball, all three phases of the game. Got to win in all three phases of the game. That's your classic, like, high school, college coach doesn't want to answer your questions. In particular? Does that, what, what could you possibly be referring to? See, I can't say that because I I saw this like uh saw this thread on Twitter. This guy was like, just drop all your like random cliches that you like coaches have like said over the last couple of like years or whatever to you guys, and like <laughs> so many people had put that. And I'm like, I can't even do that. Um, I mean, pretty pretty rough to evaluate the Texans two weeks in. You got to feel for them the fact that they lost to the Chiefs and the Ravens, but they've lost by a like, combined like 30 points. It's very clear they're not in the upper echelon of the NFL. 
it's this almost is like, like losing a, team a, number, a top two wide receiver in the NFL right. when he hurts their offense. Like, I, that's not saying I, people, I, I got on here, I think, two weeks ago and was saying that I think Brandon Cooks can be a number one wide receiver. Uh, if you can Brandon be. Cooks puts up Brandon Cooks puts up empty stats. Uh, it's, uh, but he does – but he is like a three-time, like, thousand-yard receiver. Four, I think it's four-time. How empty four, can okay, four-thousand-yard okay. okay. seasons be? I mean, yeah. no, like one I mean, one-thousand-yard season could be a fluke. Like, that happens. I think Hakeem Nix had a thousand-yard season. Who? I think Hakeem Nix had a thousand-yard season back uh-huh. in the day. Like, Hakeem Nix like was not it. a number-one wide receiver. He out of the league. Yeah. Like, Brandon Cooks has um, – with four separate teams, too. Yeah. Like, that's, that's more than – Let's see, who was it with the Saints – the Saints, Saints the Pats, Pats, Rams. Maybe it is just three thousand yard seasons. Yeah, I think it's just three. Either um, way, it's like, look, the Texans are like ceiling wise, like an eight win team. Like, I don't know. About I, that. Again, it's hard to it's Ill- hard to evaluate them. More than eight wins a season? No shot. They get more than eight. I, I I'd put their ceiling at nine. Like, are we talking ceiling or like expectations? A ceiling. I think ceiling. I you're looking at like ten. I don't have their schedule in front of me, but like, you know, I, uh, it's not like the Titans are going to roll over, and the Jags clearly I, I, have shown they're not going to roll over either. Look, like, do you think you think Deshaun Watson is a top four, top five quarterback in the NFL today? Well, I think he is, but I think again, if you the believe Deshaun is, Watson like, is an elite NFL quarterback, then you're looking at – I, I think he's the type of guy that can carry a team to 10 wins maybe. I, I think it's just – again, it's just hard to evaluate them because their first two games have been against, you know, the title favorites or the co-title favorites, which they're going to play on Sunday night, I think. No, it's Monday night next week. Chiefs Monday. Ravens. Nice. Um, and I know Chiefs. you're excited about – yeah, I know you're excited about uh, Thursday Night Football again. I really I cannot believe you sat here and tried to tell me that Thursday Night Football isn't the worst thing that the NFL's ever done. No, I never said that. I'm just saying Monday Night Football also has shitty games, and I will never complain about an extra night to watch football. That's all. I'd rather have good games. <laughs> I'd rather have a good game. I mean, yeah, but I'd rather have, I'd rather have like a decent game, and I'm not saying this coming game is decent. Um, I'd rather have a decent opposite, game on Thursday actually. night than just yeah. I'd rather have a decent game on Thursday night than just bury another one. But even one when you I get like a good matchup on Thursday night, like it's like I said the other week, the teams just aren't ready. It is not a good yeah. product. Mm. It's not like you're losing a game like during the week. If you if they kill Thursday night football, it's not like the, it's not like two teams just aren't going to play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm all about axe Thursday night football. I'll say that every week. Kill Thursday night yeah. football. It's not, good. Of bad it's not good. It's not good for us, and Speaking it's not good for the players. And honestly, the fans are more important. But it's not good. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of bad products, Saints really put up a pooper last night. Um, Raiders beat them by ten. They just absolutely stomped them in the second half. Drew Raiders, Brees looked terrible without Mike team. Jones. Um, I think this is more about the Saints than the Raiders, honestly. Um, I think everyone who wants to say that Mike Thomas isn't the best receiver in the NFL is looking real dumb right now. I mean, look at like, yeah, that narrative frustrates me to no end almost as much as people saying the Falcons players didn't know the rules of an onside kick. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL. Like he wins on every route you ask him to, like he just wins routes. He gets separation better than anyone in the league. Like you want to say that he's 
one-dimensional. It's like he can only run the routes he's asked to run. And if you can't, like, yeah, okay, he only he runs a ton of slants and he makes these, like, six, seven-yard catches. A, he makes people miss after the catch. And B, if he only runs slants, stop him. <laughs> like, stop him from running a slant. Stop him from catching the ball. Like, you can't. You're buying, you're buying or selling this. Drew Brees isn't good enough to carry a team anymore. Without Michael Thomas? Yeah. With, well, yeah. I get. I mean, obviously, you know, without your number one receiver, it's kind of hard. And I think, you know, Michael Thomas is obviously a team that's going to, you know, it's the type of player that's going to bring a team that lost to the Raiders on Monday night up to like a potential title contender. But Drew Brees hasn't looked good through two weeks. He just doesn't look like a, a quarterback that can carry a team without like, you know, the best receiver in the league. Yeah, I I know. I was, like, I was listening to what you said. I'm like, what can I possibly disagree with there? Nothing. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, like buying or selling it. Because, like, this might be the year that, you know, we started seeing some decline from, from Tom Brady last season. And he hasn't looked great yet, although they did pick up the win. I will say, though. Against he, the Panthers. Uh, and he didn't look good. Yeah. I knew, yeah, are, are we talking Bucks, about that now? Yeah, well, well, we'll move on to it next time. Let's just put a bow on uh, Saints Raiders. But Brady, uh, the Bucks are leading the league with most drop balls by a receiver. Uh, it's almost like, know. what didn't the Pats lead the league in drops last year? Yeah. What's the common denominator there? Uh, bad receivers? I, don't know. <laughs> I think the common denominator is Tom Brady. That's what I was getting at. Uh, well, I'd have to watch every single drop to see if it is just him, you know, not placing them well. Because I can promise you last season it was not well, also, was we're, joke, we're joking about this, but, like, a drop – like, the statistic drops is literally when, like, a receiver drops a catchable pass. Yeah. yeah. I'm just making a joke at Brady. I, going into the season, I really didn't know how I was going to feel about, like, the Patriots with Brady not on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer I found out is I still hate both Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Oh, cool. Yeah. Are you not, are you not having fun watching Cam Newton, at least? Like Cam and Bill Belichick, like that's got that's got to be one well, of was, like the was, best pairings so far. I was talking with Josh about this, and a couple of, I've mentioned this to a couple of other people. Friend of the pod, Josh. Friend of the pod, Josh. Okay. There's a very specific type of like anxiety or just like pure hatred I get from watching like a New England sports team do well, and that's still mm-hmm. very much there with the Patriots. Hmm. Okay. Just, same with the Celtics. Like watching the Celtics Heat series, which we'll talk about later, obviously. Like, it's fun, but, like, the thought of the Celtics getting to the NBA Finals makes you want to throw up. Well, you got a, quite, a, quite a hill to climb before. Yeah. Um, let's let's run through played, these last few NFL games. I mean. Uh, just before we move on from Saints Raiders, I mean, they talk about their sloppy play yesterday. You talk about a team not being prepared. Ten penalties for 129 yards. A couple of them, a little borderline. I know we were talking about this in our group chat last night. There was the block in the back. Uh, or the blindside block by Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, which, that's just it's, that's, that's the, the rule. rule. It's that's the, the rule. It's a and dumb like, rule. It is a awful rule, and it's like clearly it's they've got to tweak it, bro. There was one I forget. I know it wasn't. It was like one of the Sunday games, and there was a, it yeah. was like not Sunday. Yeah, there was it was a blindside block by the rule. But the guy, yeah, they're running parallel, like not in the direction of the goal line or whatever. Like the letter of the rule is, but like it wasn't even a big hit. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that's. It wasn't the type of blindside where the dude gets like laid out and is unconscious yeah. on the ground. Like it was, they've got to they've got to adjust the language of that rule. Yeah, well, because you know what we saw with the Emmanuel Sanders one is that like, what else are you supposed to do there, right? Like you can't get in his line of sight because he's not looking. 
Um, what are you supposed to do? Just you know, you know, thankfully, me. thankfully he didn't get hurt, but it's gotta be like, if you just like push them out of the way, like you can do that. They got to make some way to adjust that because that's a big thing that, you know, obviously NFL teams do when they bounce a run outside is that they have their wide receivers out there to block. And then if they, if they have to come back in to block along the sidelines, like there's it's no just, it's trying to, to legislate, get... it's trying to legislate like legitimate football plays out. It's like it, the thing that frustrates me about all these type of, excuse me, all these type of rules where it's like, what? I had to burp. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to like yak. I, it kind of looked that way, honestly. <laughs> what I was saying, it's like, it, football's a violent game played by very strong, very fast, very athletic men who are paid to hit each other. Mm, big, strong men. Like, trying to legislate every single, like, dangerous play out of football is not possible. It's a dangerous game. I'm all for making it safer, but all that, for making it safer. Legislate. That's help, there's no there's no need for a helmet to helmet hit. There's no need for a, like a, a yeah. chop block is an incredibly dangerous play. Get those well, out. Well, you know when uh, I forgot his first name when Diggs got ejected from the Seahawks Quandre? against the Patriots. Yeah, Quandre Diggs. Um, like that was helmet to helmet, and like he lowered his helmet to initiate contact. That's the right call. He got ejected. That was the right call. First of all, how did Nikhil Harry stay in that game? Like there, I could there not was, tell you. <laughs> there was kind of a knock on him from at least from like Patriots fans and Patriots Twitter that he was kind of soft. I think that's that that's we're we're good on that now. Yeah. Um, and also and that, that type of was, thing is just so it's like it's Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah, it's Twitter. Um, let's let's run through the last couple of games. Um, I told you Philly was going to suck before the season started, and they're just that. making me look a little better. The Rams messed them up an eighteen point win. Oh, I, you up. want to talk about um, Philly, Philly being bad, but also the Rams looking be- yeah, a lot good. better than they did last year. I mean, like it, it's it's so tough to evaluate the Rams the last two years because they literally went to the ran through the league, went to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. got embarrassed. The Rams through the league. Huh? Anything? All right, guys, that's been all for today. I'm uh, gonna uh, uh. <laughs> run through the Super Bowl, get run to the Super Bowl, get smoked. And then come out last year and just look flat. Get smoked? Get smoked? I don't think anyone smoked anyone. Thoroughly beaten. Like, it was not not competitive. It was not competitive. Yeah, but it was a shitty game. It was a terrible game, but, like, did did you ever for an instant think the Rams were going to win that Super Bowl? I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably have to watch it again just to be like, oh, this is the point where I thought. No, I'm probably good. That's the only Super Bowl. That's the only Patriots Super Bowl win that I have not watched back because I'm like, I have no need to watch. No, I literally have never watched it back. Like probably the worst Super Bowl we're ever gonna see. Hopefully, I hope so. I I mean, like, how much worse could it possibly get? There was what, like, one total red zone trip. At least, yeah. At least, at least you could say like these were two really good defenses and they played like two really good defenses. But like, it's not like the offense did no did any favors. But anyways, what I was saying about the Rams. Again, through two weeks, mm-hmm. they look like they've, you know, Sean McVay, to his credit, is an incredibly smart offensive coach, and he's clearly yep. made some adjustments. And I, I don't know, I have to do like a film study, but it looks like the Rams have figured out some different looks that are back to kind of being like not asking Jared Goff to do too much, but just having him hit, you know, wide open throwing windows. Mm-hmm. I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't watch this game, I didn't watch highlights for this game. Like, I just saw game? the box. Well, yeah, for this Rams game. All I saw were Carson Wentz's picks. Yeah. And <laughs> I saw Baldy's breakdown, too. Like, he's late on these throws. He's trying to do too much. And he's making decisions that a rookie would make 
And the amount that they're paying him and the amount that they're asking him to do or that he needs to do in their system. It's too much. It's too much. And he's not handling it. And it, I think the frustrating we thing have to start having Eagles that conversation about him. It's like, like I, we've, we're friends with a couple of Eagles fans that they, it, I feel like the, the consensus on Carson, there is no consensus on Carson Wentz. That's mm-hmm. the consensus. It's like, you've seen the flash and he's, he's your classic. Like you've seen the elite play and you've seen the terrible play. And it's like, mm-hmm. what are you actually getting with Carson Wentz? And you mix in the injuries with that and it makes it the worse. injuries as well. And I think the, the funny thing is like, yeah, the Eagles have a Super Bowl, but how much did Carson Wentz have to do with that Super Bowl? No, he carried them in the regular season until the regular last season. Four, four games. I think who well, yeah, that was the playoff game. Well, well, that was, well, that was the thing. It was just like, you know, Carson Wentz is our quarterback of the future and he led us there, but not, but in he the didn't start play a single like that. that, big, that. Yeah. Like uh, that's why I was like when Nick Foles was, uh, when they were trading him away, I don't know when he left, when he left in free yeah. agency, you were like, okay, like, are we sure we're keeping the right quarterback here? And obviously you are because Carson are. Wentz is younger and objectively is a, better quarterback you say that you're like, but nick falls has also shown us you know flashes of being really bad too I, it, uh, it, it reminds me of like the end of eli manning's career where we're like giants fans are like okay eli like clearly doesn't have it anymore like we got to move on but the dude's got two rings like he gets as much leash as he freaking wants to run out the end of his career yeah. with the giants he's got two rings that's uh, different nick falls isn't a like, lifer like i'm talking about carson wentz like uh, he doesn't have, like, yes, he has a ring. He had nothing to do with it. He didn't play a single snap in the postseason. I wouldn't say he had nothing. To okay, do. he doesn't have nothing to do with it. He didn't win. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. He didn't play in the postseason. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know who else has got a ring? Like, the backup long snapper from that year, you know? It's like, he, yes, he, he has a ring. But he, point. <laughs> it's not like he single-handedly won them the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, fair. He doesn't, I don't think – he doesn't have – like, it, it seems like he's got a bit of a leash because, he, uh, because of that Super Bowl, but he didn't win them the Super Bowl. He yeah. Um, what are they – what is he on year five now, I think? Something like that. I, like, like can't tell because he's – we've had, yeah, like, we, we have to, years we have to have that conversation. We got to have that conversation about him. I mean, he hasn't shown that improvement. He's hurt too often. Like, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's not going – his contract is – massive uh, their offensive line is all banged up it is a team that we've known for a while does not have you know the elite offensive weapons they need like ugh, dude like Philly's not going to be good this year and it, it's not looking like it's going to get better anytime soon I'm done talking about the Eagles personally yeah. a couple more NFL ga- I don't know oh the Eagles wow a couple other NFL games to get to the Chiefs needed overtime to beat San Diego yeah biggest I thing is that cons- did it. how how concerned? I I don't think you have any reason to be concerned for Kansas City, but like no, why do they have to go to overtime against the Chargers? I, they're not concerned. And also, Patrick I called Mahomes. them San Diego. Yeah, you did. I didn't even I, pick up. Yeah, on I was going to say you didn't respond. You didn't say anything either. The L.A. Chargers. Well, yeah. Yesterday when the Raiders were playing and they kept showing Vegas, I was like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> also, also kept thinking like, how how soon do we get an NBA team in Vegas? I think Why Seattle's probably still first. Seattle's got to be first. Seattle's got to be first. they got to be first? Yeah, they got to be first. If I'm in charge, I'm, get, I'm putting an NBA team back in Seattle before I put a team in Vegas. They should. They should, but there's more money in Vegas probably. More money in Vegas, but you've also got a dedicated fan base. Well, actually, I don't even yeah. know if you could say that dedicated. but No, you, you kidding me? You, you, if basketball went back to Seattle, they, the, the city would catch fire. Yeah, fair. 
I think um, he's going to go Seattle first, personally. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin Herbert looked really good. I mean, can you believe made... what Anthony Lynn was saying about Tyrod Taylor like still being the yeah. starter? Well, like, what does that do to Herbert's Taylor... confidence? I uh, Herbert found out like 10 seconds before the game started. Yeah. Did you Which, see that like, video? How does that happen? Well, well her, uh, Tyrod Taylor was fine. He had taken a hit uh, in Friday's practice or in Thursday's practice. I think Friday he just do walkthroughs probably. Yeah. Um, in Thursday's practice, he took a hit to the ribs, said he was fine, and then, so uh, having- then Sunday morning he was having trouble breathing and he had chest pains, so I had to bring him to the hospital. So literally like 15 seconds before the game, Anthony Glynn went up to her- Justin Herbert and was like, Hey, I know this is the second game you've been on an NFL roster, but uh, you're going to start today. And that's um, an excuse. And he responded like, I, incredibly I, well. As soon as Tyrod Taylor goes, and I don't know what the timeline on Tyrod Taylor going to the hospital was, but like I would imagine it was like somewhat. Well, it was less in than pregame 50. warm-ups. It was, you know, it, it might have been like less than half an hour to go because it was pregame warm-ups. It was probably. I thought coming it was like that out. morning. No, no, no. It was in the pregame warm-ups where he was getting his practice notes, and then he was like, "Shit, I can't breathe." Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but he responded really well. The Chiefs didn't look their sharpest. I still don't think there's any reason for no reason. To as long as Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill yeah. and Travis Kelsey are together, like, not worried. You got nothing to worry about. Um, I just don't know why the Chargers. Last point. I don't know why the Chargers no. don't go with Justin Herbert. You just took the defending champs to overtime. Like, you, there's your starting spot right there. I think. I you think go on Tyrod Taylor over Justin yeah, Herbert no. after that. I know. I I don't. I also don't think Anthony Lynn is going to. Um, I think you say that just to you know, keep your, your starting quarterback with confidence, but also like but also, also, Tyrod knew what also, he was getting into when he said, yeah. well, and that's the thing. This is not the first time that Tyrod Taylor's done it. Not right? at he all. Did it, sure. he did it in Buffalo too. Like, like he knows he's just a placeholder for the future quarterback of the franchise. Exactly. Um, Arizona looks good. Wow. Holy, holy <laughs> I was story. nervous. Like I, I was a big buyer on Cardinal stock, at least in terms of fantasy on different teams. I've got Kyler. I've got D hop. I've got Kenyon Drake. I've got chase Edmonds. I think I have, like, Christian Kirk on my bench in one league. Like, I was a big believer that the Cardinals, at least offensively, were going to be really good this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've outperformed expectations, at least my expectations oh, yeah. personally. Yeah. And Kyler Murray looks every bit the part of, like, the game-breaking talent that people thought he could be, that Cliff Kingsbury thought it would be when he drafted him first overall a year after taking yeah. Josh Rosen. Yeah, I mean – a lot more comfortable in your second year with your head coach. You know, you get that number one receiver because Fitzgerald, I mean, Fitzgerald is done. Hopkins is like a, he's, he's, a, he's a, I think he's a one, a one B receiver with Mike Thomas. I think, yeah, exactly. I think um, gun to my head. I think it's Mike Thomas, then D hop. I still take Mike Thomas, but yeah. then again, like, you know, D hops had Deshaun Watson the last couple of years and now he has Kyler Murray, but like, who the fuck did he have before that? Matt Schaub? Like, yeah, I can't believe Matt Schaub is still in the league, by the way. I don't know what team he's Where on, but he? I saw a tweet. It was like Matt Schaub, like, got paid more. Wait, I think he also got, I think Where he also got paid play? more. I think he also got paid more than Cam Newton this offseason. Matt Schaub is a backup for the Falcons. Nice. There you go. <laughs> um, 39 years old. Wow. I, Kyler Murray's like the first quarterback. I think it was uh, over 400 passing yards and 150 rush yards through two weeks. Like, I think this is like such a – it's like so cherry-picked, these type of stats. But it's like he's got like yeah. more rushing yards than C-Mac. He's got more rushing touchdowns than I think Zeke and then like more passing yards than Mahomes. Like that type of stuff is so like – Yeah, I know. You can like, find a way to do it, but like – He's got more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes, more rushing yards yeah. than Christian McCaffrey, more touchdowns than Zeke. Like, that's something. 
Yeah. Um, and looking at the Panthers' schedule, I, Panthers, uh, looking at the Cardinals' schedule, like they could win their. They got the Lions, the Panthers, and the Jets. They should go three dub, and dub, oh in dub. those games. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're looking at a five and zero oh team. Then they play the Cowboys and the Seahawks. They probably split those. Could um, very well lose both of those. Could lose both of them, but then you're sitting at five and two, and then you got the Dolphins, the Bills. Those which should be a great game. Seahawks again, the Patriots, really Rams, yeah. Giants, Eagles, Those Niners, the Giants. and then Rams again. So they got a pretty tough end of their schedule. I'll tell you right now, the Giants will beat the Cardinals, and it will cost them the number one overall pick. That's what the Giants do. The Giants will play like shit the rest of the season because we lost Saquon Barkley, uh-huh. win like two meaningless games down the stretch, and miss out on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. The Giants beat the Redskins in week like – the Redskins. Whoops. Washington football team, and they were the Redskins and when they beat them last year, and it cost them Chase Young. Like, yeah. yeah, we needed a left tackle, but I certainly would have preferred Chase Young. Yeah, he's good. He's so um, good. <laughs> I let's coach go, on the coach. Yeah, let's coach get to on the last hot point seat. on the NFL here before we move on to the NBA. I think we're probably gonna have to switch out the live video. Yeah, I've I've picked I've picked three head coaches for you on the hot seat, right? Um, and then I, after I, this, I, I want to ask you. Then after this, I want to just, you know, ask some questions about the Giants or one question I have. Um, on the hot seat, Dan Quinn in Atlanta, Adam Gase in New York with the Jets, and then Matt Patricia with the Lions in Detroit. Who's on the hottest seat? With the qualifier, that I don't think anyone's seat is, like, anywhere close to hot through two weeks just because I don't think it poss- it's not fair to be. For me, I think you got – start talking about hot seat, like, five weeks in. You need more than two games to really talk about a hot seat. I think, that said, I think it's Adam Gase. I think that's unfair, honestly, because uh, Dan Quinn was fighting for his job last season, and there was you know talks about him potentially getting fired in the offseason. Adam Gase had a terrible last season. I think, honestly, out of those three Adam Gases, Adam Gase's those probably – Adam Gases? <laughs> yeah. Out of those three, Adam Gase's seat is probably the coldest. Just really? because Dan- – I, I just think because Dan Quinn has the most talent on that team, I think that's indisputable, right? I think Adam Gase has been talked about as offensive genius for like three and years been now. Anything and the that. Jets' offense has been trash ever since yeah. he's been there. Like, but also, yeah, they don't have a lot of talent. But like, yeah, you got to do something more than that. I and but then you know, in the same token, you're like Matt Patricia is a a rocket scientist and a guru on the defensive end and their defense has been terrible. They've just been signing a bunch of Patriots guys and the defense has just fallen apart back-to-back weeks. They've been terrible. Um, you know, he's said some questionable things in press conferences that you're like, what the fuck? Like, where, does this guy know what he's doing? Like, I think Dan Quinn is, his seat is by far the hottest. I don't know. I just think that he's got just enough, like, past success to buy him more time than the other two. What past success? I mean, like – He's got at least an established career as, like, a a good NFL coach. Yeah, but you you can't – you can't give I'm not saying it's a lot of past success. I'm saying it's more than Adam Gase and Matt Patricia to just buy him that much more time than those guys. Also, at this point, Matt Patricia has the same record through the same amount of games as Jim Caldwell did, and Jim Caldwell had gotten to the playoffs – um, I always thought Jim Caldwell wasn't Jim that Caldwell? good of a coach. Yeah. He coached the Lions, like, I don't think it was – I think yeah, it was like a minute ago. Why are we talking about yeah. Jim Caldwell? Well, no, just because there was a lot of talk about him getting fired, you know, really, like, had a short leash in his coaching career. 
And it just because Matt Patri- and then Matt Patricia was like, oh, you know, he's going to be a much better coach, and he has the same record. That's no reason. We've got like three minutes left on this live video. Hit me yeah. with whatever Giants questions you want. I to like, I just like it's not even a question. I just kind of wanted to like keep pounding in your pain. It's just like it's so tough because you know I know you Can were you the believe this guy. Like what? Come on. Um, I just like. I know you were big on Saquon, but I also know you didn't want to draft him number two overall, right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'll yeah, stand you, by that. You didn't one. want to draft, no draft him. Don't draft the running back second overall. Yeah, don't do just because it. it was a running back. Um, I know you weren't a believer in Daniel Jones, and he showed some flashes in week one. I don't know how he looked in week two, but obviously you don't have your biggest <laughs> offensive threat. You know, what happens now when you have that running back, which this is why you don't draft running backs so early. Because well, it's not just because – it's not, it's injuries not even and value. Injuries it's value. and value. It's nothing to do yeah. with injuries. Like, everyone gets hurt. It's football. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and now you might, if you have the number one overall pick, it's not like you're not going to draft, draft Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, exactly. I mean, then what do you do with, if, what you do can, you do if with we Daniel can draft Jones? Trevor, get rid of him. If you can get yeah. Trevor Lawrence, you don't care about Daniel Jones. And it's just, you don't care just about inc- him. Incompetence, pure incompetence. I mean, look, again, I'll stand by the fact that I don't think we should have taken Saquon second overall. I mean, I, for the longest time, was saying I wanted Sam Darnold. I don't know about that anymore. Yeah. But, like, what if we went, you know, completely living in the past here? What if Giants went Sam Darnold at two and then Nick Chubb top of the second? That's a pretty solid one, too. Maybe Sam Darnold plays better when he's got a legit running back and not, like, an $80 million aging Le'Veon Bell. Or just he has any offensive threats, really, any. I mean, what if we took Darnold, then Chubb, but, like, also kept Odell around? I mean, yeah, I, you can play this game forever. Like, yeah, you can play the game forever. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's, we're going to switch out our live stream. We'll be right back talking some NBA. Um, all right, so we covered the NFL. We should have a good week three as well. We'll get to that on, uh, on Thursday, Thursday when we do our though. show. Yeah, not Thursday Night Football. Uh, Lakers Nuggets. Um, let's start with – this Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis guy. Let's uh, uh, in the middle. Let's go with Anthony Davis. Holy shit! And at the end, let's go with as you eloquently put it on the rundown, <laughs> Davis comma Anthony. Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, like it's so rare that you get to see a guy hit like literally unquestionably the biggest shot of his career. Yeah, and we just watched Anthony Davis do it. I mean, for obviously he's never been yep. in a moment like this. He had never been to the conference finals. Had he even been to the conference semis with New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he got smoked by the Warriors. Right, right. Was that, that was the one where Steph hit that, like, wild shot in the corner, right? Was that that year? Yeah, I think so. Point being, he'd never been at the conference finals. I am unquestionably one of the, the best players we've got in the NBA today. Mm-hmm. I just I, – if you go back to, like, when he first got to the Lakers, you're like, okay, sweet. Like, we get to see Anthony Davis, like, in the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, in prime time, competing the, the way we know he can. Mm-hmm. And then to come – I He's the best player on the floor in this series. Yeah. And I like, mean, I, it's continue. We, we mentioned this a little bit in terms of like why the Lakers were punching the Rockets. And I think you and I were both in agreement that it wasn't just because Anthony Davis was bigger than anyone the Rockets could throw on him. It was just that he was better and is a monster. I mean, I saw an article today that was talking about just the two biggest like physical freaks in the NBA. And it actually wasn't even Giannis on that list. It was KD and then AD which I think is kind of true. I mean, you, you watch them play, and it's like they move like guards but are also yeah. seven feet tall. Like AD, Giannis, for the full respect to Giannis, does not move like a guard. He moves like a super athletic big man. Yeah. 
every time I watch Anthony Davis hit a step back three, like it doesn't get old. Well, like, AD, how- AD was a guard until like, I think it, either his junior or senior year of high school, he grew like, like seven inches. No, literally was played his whole high school yeah. career as a guard. And then was like, all right, cool. I'm six yeah. ten now and playing at Kentucky. And you know, he, what, what I love cheat code, he's a complete yeah. and utter cheat code. And we, we, you know, on, if you've listened to our pod before in the, in the past, like we, we both always call KD a cheat code because he's, you know, seven feet tall. I can just hit pull up threes and, you know, dribble like a guard is really like, the beginning of his career didn't really have that handle and has really tightened it up. And he has a nice handle now and he's a good defender, like uh, cheat codes. Um, it's, I, it's just for, unbelievable. The yeah. way he, he's so fluid. I mean, this is like, this is not stats. This is not like metrics, just pure eye test. Like I can't so unbelievably smooth the way he yeah. moves around the course, especially in like the half court, just watching kind of like, he, the way he like, there's one sequence last or what three nights ago now. So spoiled yeah. the fact that it used to be NBA games on every single night, and now I feel like, like, oh, like two games. nights ago, and that when they were playing, he's watching kind of like pick and choose like where he wants to get to on the floor, and it's like he's like not dribbling super aggressively, but he just like gets to a spot in a way that's like it's uh, it's it's poetry, it's yeah. just poetry. I you know talk about best player on the floor scored the last ten points for the Lakers, and we always talk about you know with all-time players or you know like top 10 players in a league it's what is their signature moment right like lebron amongst every single one that he has has the block on andre iguodala right like kd has kd has the two pull-up threes in the finals right like it's kind of uh, funny. Steph, you say, does Kevin Durant have like a stone cold signature moment? I'd say that the, the that gate that dagger moment is probably his. The pull like, up three. Are you talking about in like what the game three against the Cavs? Yeah, both years. Right. Game three okay, against yeah. the Cavs. Both but like years. even those, those aren't like stone cold game winners. They're like daggers. They're clinchers, no. but they're not like. Yeah, Anthony Davis had a stone cold game winner. Zeros yeah. on the clock. Like yeah, I know. But um, what the point I'm trying to get at. Is you know, like Kyrie has the three against the Warriors. Um, you know, these all time players or all generational players, at least for us. Um, I think we can call Kevin is, Durant, Anthony Davis, yeah. all time players. Yeah, I was just like, can you call Kyrie an all time player? Mm, I like, I, I'd rather call them all generational players before I call them really all time, right? Like, AD still needs that ring to be an all time player. I'll, um, I'll call it. What okay, yeah, okay, whatever. Getting caught up on semantics. So us now, come on. <laughs> AD didn't have like that signature moment. Like he had a like a, a a bank deep three against the Thunder, I think, to eliminate them from the playoffs or like to eliminate them from playoff contention like a couple of years ago. Well, that's, not, but, that's cool, yeah, but that's, no, that's not a not even close legacy defining moment. This like, was this was his signature moment. And like we have been talking about AD enough in the playoffs and all season long and how, you know, him and LeBron have been one, a one B and maybe even AD has been one and LeBron's been two in terms of who's been the best player. But this is AD's moment. Like he broke through. He was an absolute beast in the second half when LeBron kind of slipped into the background. Like he won the Lakers that game and the Lakers weren't, the Lakers were in control. Nikola Jokic's best efforts. Like as much as I want to, as much as I'm AD deserves his praise, like, Jokic absolutely took over in the fourth and scored the Nuggets' yeah. last 12, including what looked like the goddamn game winner. Yeah, he had the game winner until AD hit that shot. 
Um, like, and I mean, like they were up, the Lakers were up 16. They kind of took their foot off the pedal. Like at, it their looked foot off the, the pedal or did Nikola Jokic take both, off? Both, both. I, don't, I wouldn't say the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers let up at all. I think the Nuggets are not even. The Lakers got Nuggets sloppy. The Lakers got real you know, sloppy. Yeah, they got a little bit sloppy. I think you got to give more credit to the Nuggets for getting back in that game though. And it looked like it they no, very easily could have just rolled over and called it a game. Well, that's always, that's always the conversation with, you know, a comeback versus like a huge, you know, a huge implosion. It's what Plus, we were talking arguing about. semantics again, 30 seconds after the last minute. <laughs> no way. That's well, it's, crazy. It's what we were talking about with the Falcons Cowboys, right? Like the Falcons fell apart. They collapsed, but the Cowboys, you know, had Play over rough. like 400 yards of offense in the second half against them. You got to give credit on both sides, but you know, like, Again, Jokic played really well. There were a lot of things that the Lakers can look at in that second half that they need to clean up on. But this was AD's moment, and we've talked enough about how good he's been in the playoffs and in the regular season. But now the conversation is him, right? Like, yeah. this this is – it's been back and like, forth whose team it is. I think it's still LeBron's team, but well, AD right. might be the better player it's, on the floor. A hundred that took the words out of my mouth. It's LeBron's team. Any team LeBron James is on, it's LeBron's team until he's like forty-five, and I. And even I'm, then, it might still be. Even then, team. literally, I was, I was saying, I was like, honestly, I don't know if it'll ever. Like not Michael be. Jordan's Wizards, like again, not as good of a team, obviously, but those that was what's MJ's gonna, team. What's LeBron's like Wizards going to be? I mean, I know what I'm going to say, but I've told you my theory here. Well, uh, he's going to retire with the Knicks. Bronny's going to get drafted by the Knicks. Like, I don't even care if Bronny's good or not. Like, the Knicks need to draft him just so he can get LeBron for one season. Anyways. I don't think LeBron ends his career with the Lakers, so. No, he doesn't. No shot. I think maybe he goes he for, like, two, a farewell he wins tour. He two rings and then time. Farewell the tour with the, with, with the Cavs? No. Honestly, him going to the Knicks and playing one last season where he averages, like, 15 and, like, 25 assists a game. No, um, not, like, the most All absurd All right, let's, let's talk about actual NBA basketball here. I, what do you think about the Mason Plumlee like switch, not switch, ran straight to the back of LeBron James? So they had done it before in that game on a side inbound where there was a screen on the big uh, – yeah, there was a screen on Jeremy Grant. Plumlee called it out, and they switched it correctly. The problem is Jeremy Grant got caught up on LeBron, which it was a good screen and a good design, which need I remind you too – Jamal Murray had what could have been the game-saving block before that, and the Lakers didn't have a timeout, so they had that play drawn up already. It was that back screen. On, well, I don't know uh, if they had it drawn up, but that's probably that's probably just like one of their like chalk yeah, go-to their go-to timeout plays. Like our and LeBron, LeBron draws so much attention because there were two point one seconds, so there's enough time for a catch, a pump fake, maybe even a dribble and a shot a here and there. Yeah. Um, I look, I like it. It's not, you want to switch everything, especially when it's between Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant. The problem with that is that Plumley kind of got caught up on a nothing screen. A nothing, right? like, exactly. He didn't get screened and he did correctly call out Jeremy Grant. And the communication thing was the bigger thing there. But, but, but also, Jeremy Plumlee Grant literally called through. out to him before the play and was like, Yeah, you got to help on LeBron if that's what it comes to. Yeah, and give credit to Jokic, really good contest to make it a difficult but shot. But it makes a huge difference if that's not a clean catch. Yeah. Like, um, Anthony Davis is yeah. very capable of making that shot, even if it's not a clean yeah. catch. But, like, the fact that AD could rise up comfortably known in his face, that's yeah. huge. And I think it's so interesting, too, because, you know, AD's, like, worst spot statistically on the floor is the left wing three. 
Really? And, I the, didn't know that. The, and the two biggest shots he hit were on the game winner, obviously, and then that step back on Paul Millsap where he kind of lost the ball, which is, was absurd. Oh my God. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about AD's, uh, you know, AD's shot selection a little later. But what, what did you think about that, that switch? Was you kind of have the same thought? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like, inexcusable. Like, I get that Plumlee was trying to help with LeBron. You can't get caught on, on a not screen. Yeah. Like, that can't happen. You at least got to try to fight And that's, that's it, the biggest right? thing. Don't run into LeBron when he's not setting a screen. He ran yeah. into LeBron's back. Like, it's just mm. – I think – I, think I, I guess that, that part of it is that's the crux for defending the Lakers. Like, crunch yeah. time, you want to – you're going to double LeBron and AD and play, like, yeah. three-on-one the, the other side of the floor? Like – I think, like – what and it, you, it's you, such, it, gotta, you get put in such an impossible position, but, like, ultimately, you can't let a guy – catch that you can't let him no. catch that open. Yeah. at the end of the day that's what it comes down to make you him make the extra pass and let you you've yeah. only got two seconds to work with like you don't need to defend for a long time yeah yeah you, you don't gotta, want to you, gotta you don't switch want to give everything. up a, a lebron running to the rim obviously but it's like mm-hmm. i don't know Hindsight's i, I honestly it, it looks bad imagine danny green yeah imagine danny green was the one that ended up hitting the game winner that would have been pretty funny how would that have made? Um, what would you have? How what like weird memories would that have brought up for you? No, nothing. I I the way Danny Green's playing, like I'm good. Like he, <laughs> he was a he was a fan favorite, but it's it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, you know, like pain as it was when Kawhi left. Like Kawhi was yeah. legitimately a very good player. Danny Green is a good defensive guard, but he is the most classic inconsistent spur. classic spur. Yeah. He's the most inconsistent, good three-point shooter I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, like really good um, that's pretty spot on, honestly. I, I think, you know, if Plumlee's going over that screen, which was his best route to it, if he goes under, he's toast. Um, I think if he goes, like, over that screen, he might not get that great of a contest. Still, like, a better contest than the one the Nuggets ended up getting. But that should have just been a straight switch. The I mean, only I problem is, wonder if Plumlee was expecting Jeremy Grant to like bump over to AD on that. Yeah, I need to watch it, it play again. I don't it know. wasn't like Plumlee like literally like smacked into LeBron. He like ran, yeah. kind of like ran into him, but then it was like looked like he was trying to defend LeBron or like he was trying to go LeBron. over the screen. Yeah, he was trying to go over the screen. I don't know. It was like, ugly. Not a good route. Not a good route. Yeah, that's. I gotta. That's I got. I want to look at the play again because I wonder if there was anyone in the paint because. Then the thought there is because LeBron is pretty high. He's like at the he's yeah, he's at, like right like, at the free throw line. He's like right at the free throw line. So what happens if you're trying to go over and there's a miscommunication and Jeremy Grant runs out too, and then LeBron has a wide open lane, they throw a noop, right? It, I, pretty, it, it was Rondo, thing, like, right? Was Rondo right that was inbounding? I'm pretty sure it was because don't even remember. He had just come in for Caruso, who uh, who was short the, on the, the thing that was kind of like why was Plumlee even on the floor? That kind of didn't defense. He's tall. He's like seven. But feet, if you're gonna put like, him on the floor, wouldn't you rather have him defending? I guess Jokic was defending the inbound. Yeah, Jokic like was I'd right there, or he was in the corner. Defending the inbound. I don't know. I'd rather have Plumlee out. I like Jokic's defensive instincts a lot more than I like Plumlee's. Fair, but Jokic isn't keeping up with AD running all around the screen. <laughs> you want you want Jokic to chase after is him? Plumlee? I mean, Plumlee's Plumlee's faster than Jokic is. I just, uh, I'd rather I'd rather uh, have Plumlee out there than. It's not the type of thing we can productively argue. Like neither one. Of them, yeah, we're yeah. just gonna keep going in circles. We'll um, talk a little Celtics Heat. Well, before before we get there, I have a couple of points I still want to bring up. Um, cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, no, I I've been really impressed with uh, you know last series we had talked about what the like what do the Lakers do? Do they go big? Do they go small? And the answer was to go small. And 
we say go small, but AD is seven feet and he's playing center. That's not going small. That's a hybrid small, right? Well, it's the type of thing where, you, like, Anthony Davis is the type you of don't player. You don't have your like, center out there. You can play – you can call it big or small, but it's like you're play, it's Anthony Davis. Yeah. You're not – that's what we were saying about the Rockets here. It's not that AD was smoking him because he's a big man. It's not because he's seven feet tall. They're smoking him because he's Anthony freaking Davis. Yeah. Nice, nice save. We, we, we always talk about the fact that we want to not curse as much on these podcasts, and then we've really thrown that out the window today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Dwight Howard, with all of his, like, struggles staying out of foul trouble, because I think he's fouling out averaging in, like, 16 minutes, which is absurd. Um, he felt he, well, like he you're also only bring like you're only bringing Dwight yeah. Howard in for like just pure energy. Like you're not asking yeah. him to play like 20, 25 minutes of like sound fundamental defense. You're asking him to rebound, put down some dunks. Like you're not asking mm-hmm. Dwight Howard for a lot. If he fouls out, he fouls out. Like yeah, they he's played really well on Jokic. I think he likes just straight up matched up four times on him uh, in a post up, and it was I think it were two turnovers. Jokic drew a foul on one, and then there was a missed shot. Like, like Dwight Howard, for all his struggles, taking out of foul trouble, has played really well on Jokic, and it's been the length of him and JaVale McGee that have been disrupting it. Now, the, the numbers with JaVale Disrupting McGee to a about, degree. I mean, it's not like Jokic yeah. isn't cooking the series. Yeah, McGee to Talk a about degree. He literally scored the Nuggets' last 12 points and almost hit the goddamn game winner. Like, yeah. Um, well, well, also, But also, Dwight Howard wasn't on the floor. He wasn't on the floor for those. For, good, for obvious reasons. <laughs> like, well, I know, but Howard wasn't but, on the floor in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the Lakers' best defensive lineup in this series, and you can't, you know, again, small sample size, can't use it as a whole thing, but you can look at it and say what is working best. It's with Dwight Howard on the floor. It's been KCP, Frank Vogel LeBron James. Five the night if he played Dwight Howard at the end of the fourth quarter. You don't think he would well, he should. That's the, no, he should. Room he by should. That's fans. their best. That's their best defensive lineup. They have a 71 defensive rating with that lineup on the floor of KCP, LeBron, Danny Green, AD, and Dwight Howard. I don't think you, you gotta, can, you gotta play your best in, defensive in lineup. Crunch time, I don't think you can play AD and Dwight on the floor together. You gotta have AD at the five. No, that's but that's what's been working. There's a reason the Lakers didn't score for like two and a half minutes to end that fourth quarter. Their best lineup has been with Dwight Howard out there. I think Dwight Howard probably starts game three. That that's been that's been their best lineup. I just gave you the numbers. It's been. I feel like this is a prime example of where the numbers don't quite tell the whole story. Do you want Dwight Howard on the floor for like extent for extended periods of time? Well, he can't stay on for extended period of time because he fouls out. I'd rather just have him out there and make his impact. You just said you wanted to start him. Right, but just because I start him doesn't mean I have to play him thirty minutes a night. I want Dwight Howard out there when the game is ending. The numbers back that up. Think what is Dwight Howard doing for you offensively? Well, he's, he's been better offensively for them than JaVale McGee has, but the problem has been the defense. You're Nick not Lyoke. playing Dwight Howard under you two just, minutes in the fourth quarter. You just, you just talked about how Nikola Jokic scored the last 12 points of that game. All of them came with Dwight Howard on the pine, right? Why not think? keep him out there? I have one scenario for you. Okay. Jamal Murray with the ball, with Dwight Howard defending him. 
Well, that's why they've been. That's, that's a bucket. Why been dropped. That's a bucket every single time. That's why the they've been hunt dropped. that mismatch and get the switch, and it's a bucket every single. That's why. Position. That's why they've been dropping a lot better, and there's a reason that Dwight Howard has played well when he's on there defensively because the Lakers have done a good job of kind of sculpting their defense around the fact that yeah, if you're Jamal Murray, you're gonna drop Dwight Howard because you'd rather him take those pull up threes and the pull up mid range that haven't been working that well for Jamal Murray. This, this series, they've been doing a good job. of. I think this games. is a prime Rather, example of it being an incredibly small sample size. And I don't, I don't have like the numbers in front of me. I'd be you very, watch what I feel like those numbers to me indicate that Dwight Howard is probably playing not against the Nuggets best lineup. I don't think you can have Dwight Howard on the floor when the Nuggets have Jamal out there. You're telling me that, that every Jamal time. Jamal Murray's had like four minutes. Jamal Murray's had like four minutes in the second half. How many game. minutes did Dwight Howard play? 12? 13? 13? Okay, but that's I think still, that's I think still that's means at some point they overlap. Tiny sample size plus minus being a, a noisy stat. That's exactly why people say it's a noisy stat. I don't know, dude. I no, it's not. It's not plus minus. It's defensive rating. That's offensive rating. It's different. It's different. You're telling me they you play, want the power on the floor in crunch time? Absolutely. You're absolutely. Blocking. I do. You're absolutely, blocking. I do. I, I just told, like there's a reason Jokic scored his the last twelve points and the Lakers. Didn't do anything on offense. Couldn't get any stops on defense. Like but then, if Dwight Howard's on the floor for the Lakers on offense, you're not who you're sagging right off him. He's a non-factor offensively. But if it you're makes not it scoring, that much easier to defend LeBron and AD when you don't have to worry about if, Dwight. If you're not scoring anything on offense, you might as well have him out there for defense too, right? I think those numbers are really, really noisy. You're not a believer. Whatever. No, I'm not uh, a believer in Dwight Howard in 2020. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. I don't believe in Dwight Howard this year. Uh, He's good in limited minutes. He's not the player I want on the floor at the end of the fourth quarter in the goddamn conference finals. Uh, I just told you why I want him out there. Um, Celtics heat been a hell of a series. Gordon Hayward coming back, maybe statistically wasn't the big difference, but the, the thing that killed the Celtics in the second game, their third quarter collapse was that two, three zone completely disrupting them. You put Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler at in the, in the top two zones, their length and their size have really been disrupting the, the Celtics. And I think we, we're talking about this as if we don't know that the Heat are a phenomenal defensive team. Yeah. Right? Not like this is some like unknown. They were like, they were ranked like 14th in team defense in the regular season. Are we played a lot better in the bubble. I think, I think they were, I think they were like, like, it's so strange, but like these regular, it's not like these regular season stats don't matter, but it's like, it's a different season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, literally almost like talking about last season's stats. Like there was a three month break between the regular season and the bubble. Yeah. I statistically, I don't think the Heat have been as good as you think they have been. But in the playoffs, they have been really good. That's um, but that's what I'm bubble, talking about. But including bubble two is what I'm saying. Um, I the, the two like we talked we talked about this before the before the series started. Um, kind of the the zone how much the heat would run it. Cause they hadn't run it in the bubble yet, uh, but they ran I think the most. That's, well, cause they ran the most in the regular season, but that must've yeah. been deliberate by Spolstra and the coaching staff. Like yeah. hide it, let teams like not basically let teams not, don't give them any like tape on the heat's bubble yeah. on the heat's, well, bubble, on heat's zone. So. Uh-huh. Well, cause they didn't have Iguodala for a lot of time in the regular season too. Um, and you know, players were, <clears throat> excuse me, players were in and out, um, in the bubble to start the playoffs and stuff. It didn't have to go zone against the Pacers, like your putrid half court offense. And then can we also you know, just talk about the fact that the Heat Pacers series went seven? What? Heat Pacers. The Heat swept them, bro. What are you talking about? 
am I talking? What am, what am what I talking you, about? What are you talking about? Oh, I'm thinking of the play-in game. Jesus Christ. What am I talking? What am I? What are you talking, talking about, about right now? Wasn't it Heat Pacers in the play-in game? What are you talking? Played about? in the first round. What am I talking about? Heat Pacers? No. What are you talking? What are you talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about, honestly. I. What play? Neither of them played a play-in game. The Heat didn't they the have East to play have- to split the four-five. Is that what I'm thinking of? They played in the. What are you saying? In the regular season, in the bubble. Didn't they play one game at the end of the bubble? It wasn't like the play-in game, but didn't they have to figure no. out who the 4-5 was? No. All right, I'm smoking crack, I guess. What is going on right now? I don't know. You're the uh, one who Dwight Howard on the floor in crunch time in 2020. Literally has been their best defensive lineup. But, um, anyway, um, the Celtics did a lot better job in game three than in game two of handling the 2-3 zone, getting someone – you know, that's how you beat the 2-3 zone is get someone – in the semicircle, right at the top of the key, give yourself the outlets of where to go. And they did a better job of putting Gordon Hayward in that spot and putting Grant Williams in that spot to make those extra passes. So a lot of times they had was the know, thing Ennis, that, that Ennis like, Cantor there, and he was like a deer in the headlights. Well, yeah, you would. I mean, like it, as much as I like was skeptical about Gordon Hayward coming back and like immediately making an impact. Mm-hmm. At the bare minimum, he's another guy who can. In a zone against his own defense, can drive, score, and pass as well as anyone, as well as you need him to at the very least. He's, I still am skeptical about the type of impact that Gordon Hayward's going to have long term, just because he's coming off yeah. hasn't played in literally months. Like I'm not expecting him to come in and be like the Gordon Hayward we're, we know and are familiar with. But he's a yeah. smart player, and at the very least, like we saw in Game Three, the Celtics have figured out at least one way to attack the zone. I fully expect Miami to kind of adjust and figure things out, but like. Mm-hmm. The Heat, or excuse me, the Pacers can literally run a lineup. The Pacers. What am I saying? Bro, are you know, okay? Like, I don't know, like, what switched in the last, like, two minutes. Well, Wait, we're having a great show. I know. I, bro, I, like, <laughs> something like the Celtics, the Boston Celtics, the team playing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals here in the year 2014, can put, run Kemba, Tatum, Brown, Smart, and Hayward on the floor at the same time. Any of those guys can drive – Drive and yeah. kick, or just straight score the basket. Like, that's a really challenging lineup to defend in zone. Because I, this series is going seven. I don't know how it does it. Yeah. Both these teams, talent wise, coaching wise, system wise, are just so evenly matched. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's been a fantastic series so far. Uh, it's weird that we have this extra day off, right? We were both looking at this. Uh, unless, unless, unless we, let's discuss because. And like, if anyone has heard, though, like neither one of us can figure this out. But I'm saying, like, if anyone like in the comments right now like saw something that we didn't and would like to uh, like illuminate this for us, like, I I don't know if I'm missing something, but the Celtics and Heat played on Friday, I think. Yes, they played, and then they didn't. Didn't play on Sunday. It looks like the Lakers or the Celtics are getting an extra day off. The Celtics in the Heat. Yeah, they're getting an extra day off. The Lakers have been playing, you know, all three games. And I guess that might they. the only thing I can think of of why they're doing that is to even up. This actually makes sense if they're doing it. They want to even up the series and put them on the same kind of schedule just so that a, a team in the finals, you know, if they get more time but off. The finals because- start – on a set date. Exactly. The finals start on a set yeah. date. 
Yeah, and but it's like if a might... team goes seven games and one series goes four, like sucks to suck. But, you have to yeah. go seven games. No, no, like... I know, I know. But what I'm saying is because the Celtics were ahead of schedule, they were they were they were ahead on the schedule of the Western Conference Finals because that one had. You say that later. as if the NBA didn't schedule these series. No, I know, but you again. I don't mean know, like literally. You, I mean like it's not like they like. It's not yeah. like the Lakers. I think the like NBA missed the game. The NBA had no problem starting the conference finals, um, you know, not on the same day and just kind of catching up. But now they want to put it on the same trajectory so that if a team makes it into the finals before the other one, it's because they won, you know, because they won a series in less games and not because, you know, it, they were playing before. It just doesn't, right? like, it doesn't make it any make, sense. It, it still doesn't make any sense. It does, like, you look at the calendar, you're like, why? Yeah, it makes no sense. Literally. Uh, mailbag time. Ding, 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 mailbag. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, first one we start off with WNBA. We got two games tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, the Suns and Aces. The Suns won the first game. They blew them out by like 20. Um, and then Lynx and Storm. Uh, that's going on at 9. That game starts two hours later. I don't know what the schedule was originally, but the Storm had like multiple inconclusive COVID tests. And they still I, haven't announced anything. I, the game's still on. Like, yeah, I, I would assume because, that they weren't positive. Yeah, right. Still playing the game. And, like, the, their social media, like, teams, like, tweeted out, like, you know, it's game time. But it's like, we still haven't got any information. Uh, I, 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 have, I have not. I have not. Weird. Weird. <laughs> we just got no information. Um, second one in the mailbag, uh, UFC fight night on Saturday. It was Okay. Um, we'll talk a lot more about this on Thursday. We're definitely going to preview yeah. the Adesanya Costa fight. That yeah, going to be fun. Going to be a dog fight. Um, but you know, Covington Lebron beef. Um, fuck Kobe Covington. Yeah, I mean, like, um, it's just it's so dumb. Like, it literally, he's yeah. just looking. It's a, he's just attention grabbing. Like, yeah, and like, look, you know, this is the stupid thing about keep politics out of it, right? Because no one was saying that last night. Yeah, because you know, like, yeah, yeah. I I fucking hate Donald Trump. I have no problem admitting Find that. Find the club, brother. But but if you're Kobe Covington and you support him, like that was probably really sick that he got a call from the. That was probably the highlight of this man's fucking life. Yeah, that's really cool for him. I mean, I would also been like, cool fuck you when hung from, up. Just from like a part from like the perspective of like. It's unfiltered Donald Trump. Like, we are so used to getting, like, the media Donald Trump. Like, literally, dude is probably sitting in the Oval Office like, oh, shoot, this guy's got a MAGA hat on. Let me call him up because yeah. he won the fight. Like, no, because they had, they had met before. They had met before. Spur of the moment, I've got – I was this a planned call? No, but they had met at a rally before, and they had shook hands. Um, and th- this wasn't the first time they've interacted before. Not the first time they've interacted because, like, obviously, like, he really – he, like, got the call and like wasn't, you know – it was obviously not a, I think it was just like unfiltered Donald Trump. I think it was kind of interesting to just like hear him like talking. I I assume mostly on a whim to make that call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it I, I don't know cool. for sure, but like it, 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 it was interesting to just like hear that conversation. Mm-hmm. It would have been cool. And except that, except that Covington then asked Usman um, if he had ever gotten smoke signals from his like tribe. Um, which is just like completely pounded in by Kamara Usman. Blatantly racist. Um, And like, 
you know, Covington calling out uh, LeBron for being like a spineless woke athlete. Like, fuck out of here, dude. Bro, like, you literally got your ass pounded by Usman. Um, Tyron Woodley looked just so out of it. Like, it, it didn't look like he wants to fight anymore. That's the thing. He's like, old, he's, bro. he's good. been around for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good fighter. But, you know, like, Alistair Overeem's old, and he still comes out firing every time. Um, he literally, like, the last couple of fights, he just looked like he doesn't want to be there. I, he's got to, I don't know, he's got to start. Maybe he's got to get the bag. I don't know. Yeah. Um, why do the Jets suck? Complete and utter because lack of suck. talent and poor coaching. <laughs> lack of talent, poor coaching, and they just suck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell much. you. Missing their best offensive threat, who's not even good. Um, yeah, literally, like, yeah. Ugh, I don't want to talk about the Jets. Uh, last couple ones, let's rip through it. Are the Raiders legit? I don't know if I'd call them legit. I'd call them a quality NFL team. Good running attack. Josh Jacobs looks every bit like what people thought he was at the end of last season. Henry Ruggs looks like he belongs. Darren Waller is a top two top five in the league. A top two, top three. Yeah. I mean, he literally was second in every, basically every stat for tight ends last year behind Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kittle's hurt now. Um, you know, I'd probably still take Kittle and – I'd probably still take Kittle, Kelsey, okay, yeah. and maybe Ertz over him. No, but I, go, easily, I go Waller over Ertz right now. Easily – we can agree easily a top five tight yeah. end. Easily. A difference maker at the tight end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think – I don't – I'm not ready to call them legit yet um, just because, you know, like they beat a bad Carolina team and the only reason they beat them is because Matt Rule decided not to use – Christian McCaffrey on a fourth and one conversion um, that they could have won. I'm not ready to. I'm yeah. I'm not ready to call them legit yet, and they beat a banged up Saints team, which is still a good team. But I have have been pleasantly. It's not that Sean McVay is going to be caught like unaware defensively at the very least. Sean McVay, Sean Payton. Wow, you are just all on top of your stuff right now. I am, man. Um, it's because it's a Tuesday. I yeah. was so locked in for a Monday show, and then you. Had to oh yeah, blame it on me for being sick. I was, you think you weren't sick? You got hit by a bus. Look both ways. Says me. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> I literally, never looked. I've never seen you look both ways when you cross the street. It's absurd. Have I gotten hit yet? You keep saying you would always say that. It pisses me off so much, and it's so annoying because every time you know we have a few a few brews and walking uh, crossing the street. Potentially, we are of age. Been known to happen before. Allegedly, um, you just run across the street or just walk, and you're like, "This is what we walk. do. This is what we do in the city." You don't have to walk both ways, like, bro. You still should look both ways. You're I like, look. Well, both I haven't gotten hit yet. But it's like that's that's a terrible way to live. If the car sees you, they're not going to hit you. That is, you have clearly never been to Argentina before, because they will run right you through. Are you. correct. Are we in Argentina currently, though? No, we are not. Uh, NFC West winners. I mean, we both think it's the Seahawks. We both got yeah. Russ winning MVP. Like That's looking really good right now, too. Uh, shout out Josh Allen, too, who's been balling out. And shout, out my boy Cam. shout out my boy Cam. You also got to remember that Josh Allen has not beaten a good team yet this season. No, but they, he also the Bills and the Jets. good. Like he, yeah, no, I know. I about the Bills last year. Like I got into this argument with Josh so many times. Friend of the pod, Josh Hayden. Mm-hmm. Were the Bills good last year? Not necessarily. Were they beating bad teams? Yes. And the Bills used to be one of those bad teams. Yeah. The Bills are clearly at a point now where they are better than bad teams and better than average to sub-average teams. Like, the Bills are 
very much on the right, trending in the right direction. Yeah, Stop and Steph- Steph- the Stefan Diggs signing looks re- – the trade looks really good. He's been clicking automatically with Josh Allen, getting involved early and often. Like, is nice, man. He's legit. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next question I have on here just says Tannehill contract. Josh Nolan, man. I don't know. You put it in the mailbag. I, I can't edit the mailbag questions. I have to take them from our mailbag and put them right in the doc. I, Tannehill contract, question mark? Fair enough. Uh, next one, <laughs> can the Giants salvage their season? I'll leave this There's one for you. There's nothing to salvage. <laughs> okay. There's nothing. That's to, it? Oh, Elliot, Elliot is clarified. Does the Tannehill contract look bad? Oh. No, it doesn't. If anything, it looks good. I mean, he's played well. I think well if that's the quarterback that fits your system, you pay him kind of whatever you want. Yeah. Like, would I personally want to give Ryan Tannehill a huge contract? But, like, if it's if it's working, how can you argue with it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Down the road, maybe it doesn't work so well. If Derrick Henry doesn't stick – you know, what if – we've been saying Derrick Henry's underproducing. What if last season was, like, the peak for Derrick Henry? Who knows? Yeah. Right now, I, I have no issues with it. I mean, I, I drafted him in our fantasy league. I really didn't want to just because I'm, I'm always hesitant to draft someone who just has that crazy explosion in the playoffs. We've seen it so many times just – rushing last year yeah but it's also yeah those last like four or five weeks who just absolutely bonkers yeah. um but the offense worked really well with Tannehill last season and you know i was i i did not think they should have thrown the bag at him but it's worked so um and another one that elliot had thrown into the mailbag um was will raiders patriots be a little closer than we expected and yeah i i do think so. i, I think, think the patriots, be, yeah oh did i not put the oh, yes, i must have missed that shit patriots you know are gonna have their hands a little more full with the Raiders, I don't know what the line is right now, um, but you know, the Raiders do have some weapons on offense. It's just which version of Derek Carr. Who do you Carr put Gilmore get? on? Rugs. What? Who do you put Gilmore on? Or on Waller? You put him on Waller. I think Waller's too big for for Gilmore. Well, the, that's Waller's the problem. You don't, six, you don't have those. Bro. What? Darren Waller's yeah, huge. You, you don't have. You don't have those. You know, when you're missing so many big pieces. And on if you your put defense. if you put Gilmore on Darren Waller, what are you doing with Henry Rugs? Jason Jackson, Jackson. yeah, and it's gonna be interesting to see how they line up. I'd, um, I would but, be shocked to see Bill Belichick put Stephon Gilmore on a tight end, but he's done. He's done it before. He's done it before. Take away the number one threat. I mean that that is the calling card of Bill Belichick. Literally make anyone else beat you. I just think and you imagine, need to put a bigger body on a six six guy. Uh, um, but that's who do you put on him? That's the problem. Is that they're, they're thin at the at the linebacker core. Um, we'll find yeah, out. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Uh, it, it's going to be see. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what what looks Belichick throws at um, at Derek Carr because Derek Carr in the first half looked bad, like he had no pocket yeah. presence and missed a couple of surefire. In the second half, they were like, "All right, let's force yeah. feed Darren Waller," and it worked. And, and, and in the second half, it worked. So um, next question: Tyrod or Herbert? We kind of touched Herbert. on this. Justin Herbert. That, Justin there's Herbert. Nothing he did to like. You always talk about like you got to make the most of your opportunities in the NFL and in life too, but in the NFL. Justin Herbert got handed a starting spot very out of nowhere mm-hmm. and took the defending champs to overtime and played well, played, yeah. didn't play poorly. I, you know, what, uh, what re- if your rookie quarterback came in on short notice and played that well, play him. Come on. Why are you playing Tyrod Taylor? I, I know. What do you have to lose? It's, no, you don't. Uh, it's tough because, you know, if you had kept Herbert on the on the bench for a couple more weeks, you're like, okay, he's got to get ready and all that. Even if Tyrod Taylor wasn't playing that well, this isn't a, a year that the Chargers are expecting to compete. But exactly, you know, if if Herbert had come in in the second half and looked okay, 
I understand going back to Tyrod Taylor. But at this point, at this point, Herbert has shown that he's at least ready. And it's not like Tyrod Taylor setting the world on fire and he's not going to no. offensively. It's not like you're looking at like a good team that drafted. If you're, let's say, like take the Packers, for instance. Let's say Rodgers had to miss a game and Jordan Love came in and played well. Mm-hmm. You're not giving the starting, lo- starting job to Jordan Love. Tyrod Taylor is not Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you, if you noticed that. If you look at the advanced stats, uh, Tyrod Taylor is pretty much a league average quarterback. You've got a rookie. Let let him play. There's no better experience yeah. than playing. My eyes keep darting. My cat just went into the uh, into the cupboard where all our pots and pans are. That should be fun. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> I hope I hope my mom isn't seeing this episode now because she doesn't like that. Um, last question: Can you see the NBA keeping the play-in game? Absolutely. I it think should. the bubble. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the, I think the bubble has been a huge success, and I think it's going to go past like the playing game. I think it's going to go I, in like do we do we put the playoffs or the or the championship in a neutral site. I don't no, think no, they do. No, 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 I don't, I don't think they do that. No, no, no. But Absolutely there not. is something to be said about the level of play we're seeing in a neutral site. With Tell you know, every NBA owner that they won't be getting uh, revenue yeah, numbers from well, That's the games. problem. I think also, but there's like, something to be said. Continue. I was just going to say, like, think about all, like, the really sick moments we've seen in the playoffs this year. Just imagine them with fans. Yeah, right. imagine, imagine that in Staples Center, a team that hasn't made the playoffs in like eight years and AD hits a game winner in the conference finals, right? I just... OG Ananobi silencing the Boston crowd yeah. in round two like that. I think there are going to be some like, hey, you just want to say silence the Boston yep. crowd. <laughs> um, I think there, there are going to be a lot of things they take away from this season. And from, Can you imagine like uh, the uh, Jazz Nuggets game seven? Yeah, that would have been sick. Like... I, honestly, the unfortunate thing is I could totally see the bubble sticking around. <laughs> I don't know if the bubble sticks around, but, like, you got to look at the level of play and how, you know, how much better it's been with no travel. But the play-in game, you know, the, the – the, Well, yeah, let's actually NBA, answer the, the question yeah. we got. Well, for the last couple of seasons, the NBA has been discussing, like, a play-in tournament or a mid-season tournament, kind of just to spice things up because they don't want to take I don't know about a mid-season many... tournament, but, like, the play-in yeah, game – I know, me neither. Yeah, Start but, the playoffs with the game seven. Look at what baseball did with the wild card game. Yeah, Kick things I off think, with the game seven. Like, that's a sick way yeah. to start things. I think, I think, you know, for a while I was saying make the first round, like, best out of five. I don't think shortening series is the, is the answer. I think a play-in game is perfect, well, honestly, because it gives more teams more The one thing I like about shortening the first round is, like, of all the major sports, the first round of the NBA is, like, generally the chalkiest. Like, yeah the one seed is almost certainly going to sweep like shorten it to five games. And also that increases that makes the odds better for the lower seeded teams, which is kind of exciting, yeah. especially in the first round and eight yeah. meeting a one would be awesome. I mean, yeah. Imagine, you know, like the magic beat the bucks in game one and imagine that. Yeah. You're like, Oh shit. We're, we're two losses away from like bowing out. Exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so play in game. Keep playing. Hey, yeah, I think absolutely keep the playing game, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have some more changes um, from this season to next. Yeah. Got anything else, Ben? Um, no, that's all I got. Cool. Yeah, I got nothing else. I'm going to go take my cat out of the cupboard now. Have fun with that. Uh, second floor sports, Matias Wallman, Ben Carlton, recording this. 2.45 is when we're logging off on September 22nd. Follow us on Twitter at 2, at two Floor Sports on Instagram where you're watching us right now if you're watching us live at Second Floor Sports 
on YouTube at Second Floor Sports. Like, subscribe. Let us know in the comments what you think and what you want to see. Of course, we'll read it and we won't do anything about it. Um, yep. You can listen to our podcast on Anchor, on Spotify, now on Google Podcasts as well. We're still working Thank on God getting on Google Podcasts, man. That's huge for us. That's our market. I'm telling you, that's our market right there. <laughs> still working on uh, getting on uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, other than that, there's no other ways to watch or listen to our podcast. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back on Thursday time to be announced, uh, talking everything on a really exciting card coming up for the UFC and what should we should be expecting for week three of the NFL. From I'm not saying moment. a word about Thursday night football. I refuse. I'll, I'll talk the whole thing about it. Even though yeah. I don't think I'll talk too much about it. Uh, yeah. from Ben Carlton and Matthias Wallman. So long. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday and, uh, should be a good NBA game tonight.